Y'all, welcome back. Uh, I have never been more excited for an episode. Um, tonight, we have two people here who represent two differing opinions. Um, with that said, please know that one of them, uh, in fact, myself and one of them might have uh, a little bit of colorful language. So genuinely, we will. Uh, we have decided to try and pull that back. But um, look, we're going to try. So please don't judge us. I promise we are trying our best. Um, the two people here uh, are, we, we've all known each other for over 20 years. Uh, we were on the same football team in high school. We were in choir together. Uh, in fact, Steve and I roomed together at Baylor University. Penland represent, but uh, at Penland, I may or may not have played around with knives a bit. Um, we don't need to get into it, but it happened. So we're going to move on. So uh, to start, uh, we're going to start with Steve here just to set the tone. Steve, who are you? What do you, what do, you do? And then, uh, you know, we'll get to the, the main question of the topic of the hour. Do you believe in God? So primarily, I was Joseph Von Kennel's pincushion. We were in the <laughs> uh, but apart from that, uh, my name is Stephen Allen. Uh, I'm a, a senior pastor at Tabernacle Baptist Church, uh, which is a Southern Baptist church in Carrollton, Georgia, just west of Atlanta. Uh, I grew up in Austin, Texas. Uh, I've been actively involved in the ministry since I was 18 years old. Um, and uh, like I said, I've known these guys. I've known Joe for yeah about uh, 20 years. Me and Vance go all the way back to kindergarten. So uh, wow. but there was a time when me and Vance were, uh, uh, I think we had every class together for like two years in seventh and eighth grade and sat next to each other, most of them. So uh, Vance uh, took a lot of notes for me and uh, had a trouble. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Obviously, I'm I'm Vance, uh, and yeah, Steve. I remember you being asking someone to punch you in the face for some reason because you thought you you're like strong enough to take it. Do you remember that? Uh, it gave no, no. Oh no! Clarify, Clay Garrison uh, was hitting me in the back of the head at Miss Hanshi's English class senior year in high school, and I said, "If you do that one more time, I get to punch you in the face." And he said, that's fair is fair, but later on, I get to make up and punch you in the face later. So I punched him in class at school, and then at Gabe Hodge's house a few weeks later, he punched me, and he got the better of me. And I will say, he knocked me out for a good five seconds. Yeah. yeah. We have that on film. We have that on film. Yeah. Yeah, So that's that's why I'm here. I'm just here to see if Steve recovered from that. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is not a debate. Neither, neither of you are going to convince the other or anyone listening. No one's going to change their mind. That's not the point of this. We, we are not doing the whole, is there a God? Because, look, we, you, you are both well-educated, and I respect you. You are incredibly talented and successful people in your fields. But it the will- God debate's been going on for millennia, and neither of you are going to end that tonight. So, to be clear, that's not what we're doing. What, what I, what I want to try and do is come to an understanding uh, of each other's points of view and see more, focus on where we agree and if we disagree, why we disagree? Because look, I mean, we, we've known each other forever. I, I've known you guys for as long as I, you both love your families. You both love your wives. You don't break the law. You have opposing points of view, but I consider you both good people. And, you know, you've helped others when you could, you, you've lived good lives. And I'm pretty sure neither one of you has ever kicked the crutches out from underneath an old woman. So I, I'm going to call you both good people. So I, with that said... <laughs> We're going to start with this first question, and I, I guess we'll just kind of alternate on who goes first because I don't really know, you know, whatever. Steve, was there ever a time that you did not believe what it is that you currently believe? Uh-huh. It's a great question. You know, I mean, I, I grew up in a uh, Christian home, so that was part of who I was. Now, what, what I will say is that my faith has evolved. You know, I, I would say that's natural um, in many ways uh, in my, as my spirituality has evolved, so as my maturity and my understanding of the character of God. 
and ultimately who I am created in his image. So, uh, you know, my beliefs have changed. You know, I think that there's there's kind of a a spectrum uh, in theological understanding from left to right or right to left or however, and you kind of go along that. And and it's really, it's more than just that, that single line. I mean, it's multifaceted. So, you know, certain theological beliefs change over time with experience, uh, with relationships, and seeing the way that, uh, you know, you practice your faith. Now, that's the one thing that, you know, I find, especially common ground, again, I love Vance's a dear, dear friend of mine. We haven't been able to talk as much in the last several years because life has gone different ways, but absolutely love him to death as a brother. And, uh, you know, uh, Vance is a lawyer. You practice law. You know, doctors practice medicine. As a pastor, uh, I, as a pastor scholar, I practice theology. It is a, it's something that is in many ways uh, contextual. And that's one of the things we'll talk about with what the gospel does. So, yes, uh, I've all, so I'll say that since 17 years old, um, I have, uh, uh, is when I got really serious about my faith. I, I came to faith in Christ at six years old, uh, but uh, I'd say that since 17, there's milestones in my life uh, that have had major impacts and evolved my faith and strengthened it to the point quickly, I Quickly before Vance, because I, I want your answer too. Steve, was 17, was one of the milestones, is that when you got rid of uh, all of your secular music? So I remember when that was, that was a big deal. I, I don't know if I ever got rid of all of it. Uh, in fact, I still have Metallica and all that, you know, influence you? And all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's great workout music. No problem. Come on, man. Uh, you know, I think that's part of the thing. You know, you go and you, the pendulum swings, right? And and for there was a season there where my music was uh, very much dictating my lifestyle. I was dealing with some major anger issues um, and different things like that, and and uh, it had a bad influence on my life. Um, that's not to say uh, that I'm judgmental of anybody else, but first season I did, I think, I guess you could say I fasted from that, but, uh, as I matured, uh, that, uh, I kind of evolved from that. So, but Interesting. yeah, there was a point where I put that to the side for a little while. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's so, fascinating. so Vance, uh, same question, man. When, you know, if you, you know, when did you kind of start to swing towards what you believe now? Do, do you Wait, remember? Do, do, do I have to talk about myself? Because I want to ask Steve questions. I want to ask. I want to compare and contrast. <laughs> you go do whatever you want. I got to ask questions, bro. I like. I like. Okay, so because it because it ties into my answer because obviously, so I was I believed I, I was a Christian and then now I am an atheist. But my question is to Steve is. Do you, which side are you on? Because I know there's debate about if you're, because I believed in Jesus. So because I did, even though I don't believe now, does that mean I'm still going to heaven or does that mean I'm not? Because some people think you're not. Some people think you still are. What? Once they've always saved is what you're getting at. Or, yeah. 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 yeah for sure. That's a great question. And, you know, what I tell everybody, and, and let me put this up on the front end. I tell my congregation this all the time. Um, I, I take the word of God seriously, but I don't take myself too seriously. So I, 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 that's the foundational part for me. Now, I'm not a fundamentalist. I would not categorize myself as a fundamentalist, but that's the rule of life that, that guides my theology. And so uh, I try to hold a very humble aspect of my faith. And I, I'll say this all the time in my congregation, you know, we're all just making this up as we go in some ways when it comes to faith, you know, we're all figuring out how uh, our faith and spirituality plays out. And so what I'm quick to say is uh, one of my goals as a pastor is to make sure that every one of my congregants uphold the human dignity of every individual. That if I truly believe that uh, every person was created in the Imago Dei, in the image of God, uh, that means that they are due as much respect as possible that I can give out. 
And so I'm not going to condemn anybody. Hell, that's not my place. Jesus is clear about that. That's for the end time judgment, whatever, to take care of. My responsibility is to be a faithful witness and to show people what I am compelled to share because I find this to be the best way. Uh, and I would say, and in, in, I would, to be blunt, I believe it's the only way, but more importantly, for conversation's point, I believe it's the best way, which is why ethically I feel a responsibility to be compelled to share that. So, so I'm good to go. Well, <laughs> I, I would, <laughs> salva- salvation, wow. here's the thing I would say, salvation is not a, a, a particular event. In other words, it is uh, not, it is I mean, not, shoot. <laughs> not for a singular point in time, although I think there's milestones. It's a good point. It's it is sense. a journey of faith. Faith is a journey. And that's how I would categorize it. So at this point in life, where I would say, I think, because I want I have a question for you in a second here. I want to hear what your first response is to this. But, you know, the term atheist is a weighted term. And what do you mean by the term atheist? Because a lot of people say atheist and they're still a spiritual seeker of some kind. So uh, I would say that you're on a journey. And that's as far as I know right now, because we haven't talked in a number of years. So is that? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. When I, it's funny when I was saying, well, uh, God, when, when atheist came out of my mouth, I was like, Oh, that sounds so douchey. Um, <laughs> but before I answer that though, I do want to answer that. I want to get Joe's perspective. I want to see uh, what, what's your spectrum coming to this. Cause uh, Joe, honestly, I didn't know you believed in God, but you told me recently that you did, and I didn't know that. Yeah, when I when Vance and I were talking about this episode, uh, he was asking, he was like, "So how do you want to do this?" Because Vance said something like, "I don't want to gang up on Steve with you know like the two of us versus him." And I was like, "Well, don't worry, because uh, we won't be, because I, I most certainly do believe in God, so I don't think uh, we'll necessarily be on the same side." However, I will admit, and uh, Phyllis, I love you to death. I just don't know if Jesus is the only way. Uh, I will not put it past anyone to tell you that you're wrong in whatever it is you believe. I just might think that there could be other ways towards, if you want to call it a goal, I don't like calling it a goal. I, I like more thinking about life every day as more of a as more of a path or a journey. I mean, I know it's cliche, but I, I, I hadn't prepared. I'm talking about myself, so I'm going off script already. But uh, I, I definitely believe in uh, a higher something. I don't I'm not smart enough to be able to define that clearly or put that into words, but uh, I, I most certainly think that uh, you know if you're going to ask me just right away, God, yes or no, my answer is yes. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't hesitate with that one just because oh, I, don't this know, is I feel be... like I do. So you're not saying aliens, but you're saying <laughs> aliens. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. Did you jump in the gun? I am going to ask you both about. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, <laughs> no, this that is going to be a good. On video. No, sorry. Gonna be I appreciate your candor, man. That's great. That's good. No, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be a good podcast because I'm prepared to ask you every question that Steve asked me. So. <laughs> I've got so many questions to ask you guys and was not hey, we, gonna uh, any We don't have any time with it, man. What do we got? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a long <laughs> time. But, two, maybe three. Uh, uh, to answer your question, Steve, oh, but – Hold on a second. What's that? What? Oh, what is? Hey, what is that? Oh, what's that now? Hold on, guys. Yo, yo, 
it is. Hold on, because the music is queuing. Guys. Guys. It is. Wait, what the hell, man? What do I see by YouTube? I've lost up? control of the <laughs> podcast completely, and we're like 10 minutes in. Hold on, Joe. This is my first segment. Hold on a second. All right. <laughs> it is Vance pours himself a glass of wine now segment. Vance <laughs> pours himself a glass of wine now. Vance uh, pours himself a glass of wine now. This is where we uh, we talk about the classiest things related to our topic. Our topic mm. is is God and religion. Uh, and the main theme of this segment is all class, all the time. All class. So, Steve, I'm going to ask you the first question. Name the three classiest characters in the Bible. Well, uh, that's a great question. The first one I would say is Jesus. Because he turns water into the wine at the wedding to keep Strong it answer. going. Okay. Strong very, answer. Very okay. Number two. Um, the second would be uh, the Apostle Paul. And I'd say the Apostle Paul is a classy dude because he just keeps it real, man. You know, uh, you read Galatians and he's going to tell you just what he thinks. You know, there's no holding back punches. That's classy, you know. Class. class can, I, can I answer number three then? Uh, yeah, yeah, gotta, it's got to be Joseph with his classy coat of many colors. Oh, uh, I, Nice. Joe, speaking of that, I'm. Oh shit, I gotta. Oh shoot, excuse me. I have to pour myself my water. Sorry, Steve's congregation for trying. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I promise. Some of us the harder than others. But the we're atheist trying. here, man. The, uh, but, Joe, I do have a question for you, a very classy question. Um, can you please give me the three classiest words to describe Noah's Ark? The three classiest words to describe Noah's Ark. Yes, sir. Uh, I would I would imagine uh, one is uh, it's it's smelly. Uh, I, w- I would imagine two is it's uh, I'd imagine it's made of mahogany. Uh, okay. Steve, I don't know if you can fact check me on the the wood he used, but I'm going to go with mahogany. It's a classy. And then um, three, I'm going to go. Uh, is there a word that means that means like dimly lit? Like very, very romantic lighting. I don't know if there's a one word phrase for that, but uh, go with it. Ambiance there? Yes, yes. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. The ambiance there, I'd imagine, is very classy. I don't know if you know this, Joe, but Noah had many thick, uh, what was it, uh, uh, leather bound books as well on the <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember reading that in the Bible. So, Joe, you just basically quoted scripture. Uh, last <laughs> question Steve, classiest Ten Commandment. What's the classiest one? <laughs> What is happening? Uh, the classiest one has to be because I have kids now. It has to be obey your mother and father. Preach that's what I class, thought. Preach it, yeah. Steve. That's what preach. I thought. And that wraps up. Vance pours himself a glass of wine now. Segment all class, all the time. Wow. All right, we're back. That was amazing. That was absolutely. <laughs> well, there amazing. we go. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. I don't know how to even segue back to the questions that I have written down. But here's one that I have written down. Uh, Vance, we're going we're gonna to lead with you. What happens after you die? Nothing. So there's no, you don't, you know, wake up in another realm. There's no part of you that, that comes back in any form. Just It's, it's just zero. Uh, until there's some sort of like scientific or logical thing that can tell me otherwise. No. Fair. I mean, that's, you know, look, I don't know. I'll tell you that right now. I have no I wish. Like I wish like, that'd be awesome. Okay. Honestly, that was going to be my next question. What do you, if you could choose, what would you want? Oh dude, I would totally be a Christian. If I could choose, if I could like make myself or force myself to believe it, 
I would do it. But it's so just, the idea of heaven sounds good. The idea of family, friends, everybody sounds good. Well, I think that's what the reason. I mean, my personal belief is that's the reason why it, this, all this exists is because we like the idea. It com- it's comforting. Back in the old, wow. way, way back, way, way back, like when when society was being formed, people liked the idea, but didn't like the idea. Were scared of the idea that this is all there was. So we created these things um, to, I guess, uh, work against that fear. Also, you see a lightning in the sky, you see thunder and stuff like that. You have to provide an explanation. There's so much more to religion than that, but yeah. man, I'm, I'm coming off, man, this is, this is really hard to talk about and sound intelligent. Eh, not intelligent. <laughs> but no, I, I've, I've asked atheists or, or whoever, what do you want to have happen? And some say they want nothing. So I was prepared to argue what? that. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm not gonna name names. doesn't matter. But I've, I've talked to plenty that are like, yeah, I hope it's nothing. And that I was prepared to discuss that, but you actually would prefer something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, 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 yeah, like that would be amazing. I hope one day that we can like download our consciousness into like um, some sort of database and then transport it into another body. And so that absolutely we can live forever. Not. Never. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You can keep all that, but that's a whole separate issue. Scares yeah, but, me. Yeah. Are you kidding? That sounds like a nightmare. Sounds amazing. Living forever until you get a glitch. My computer crashes all the time. I don't want, like. I don't want my consciousness to have like. I don't want like the new iPhone to mess up my soul. I'm all Joe. Sorry. Joe, you know what a, a human glitch is? It's called a stroke. That mm, happens all the time. <laughs> all the time. No, you ain't kidding. No, that's actually that's a really good point. So wow. All right. All right. You guys are killing my script. I had a script, and you're just going off script, and I got nothing. So Steve, Joe, what, you know, do you, obviously, what, what do you you know think happens or want to have happen? Did you, do you want to? Yeah, I, I want to see advanced. Did you want to ask that question? Or? Oh, I want to know. Yeah, I want to know. No, I want your answer, uh, Steve. But I, Joe, can't be let off the hook with this one. I want to know what he thinks. Deal, Steve, you first. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that there's a, absolutely an afterlife. I think that uh, there's a heaven and, and there is unfortunately a hell. Um, you know, uh, and for heaven, um, heaven's not doing your favorite thing forever or whatever, but, but what it actually is, is, um, you know, I've been in, in times of worship where, uh, it's, it's almost a euphoric kind of feeling where you're just worshiping God in all of his glory. And, you know, that's just a taste of what it'll be. And I think when we're in glory with, with God and seeing him, uh, it's going to make all sorrow, all pain, uh, and all those things wash away completely. And uh, we'll have an eternity of that feeling of, of peace and hope. And, you know, beyond that, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm hopeful that uh, uh, we're going to see relatives and, and be reunited and we're going to have a sense of, of everything and a, and a full spirituality uh, back to companionship that God desired for us in the beginning. So uh, restoration, that's that's my my hope and my, my prayer and that's my belief. Hmm. That's interesting. This is like, my, I, I almost are, am going to make my wife listen to this because it's fascinating. Cause I, I'm now remembering like all the nomenclature that comes with like faith yeah. and, and how, um, like even, even now you're using words that I, I, I remember like, like, are like the way that you structure sentences and the, what, what you're talking about, I get it, but my wife is going to be like, what is yeah. going on? I, I, you know, I won't <laughs> coming in because there is like a Christianese. Uh, yeah, and, and that's what it is. Thank you. But the thing is, language creates culture, 
And uh, language creates culture, and that's an important aspect. Anytime you have a paradigm shift, and, and uh, we'll talk more about, I'm sure, pluralism and uh, world religions and philosophy, but in order for a paradigm shift, which, Vance, I'm sure, and I can't wait to hear more about your story, at some point or another, you had to shift from one belief to another. You know, uh, there's three steps in a uh, paradigm shift, according to a guy named Brad Kallenberg. Uh, and uh, the very first step is the, an exchange of social identity. So it's moving and you see a group that has a compelling message that is an attractive community and you enter into that community. The second step is an acquisition of new language. And that naturally is going to happen. No matter what circle you run in, you'll learn that language, right? I mean, you're an Aggie, right? You go to fish camp and you learn all the Aggie stuff, right? Exactly. And and then you have the paradigm shift that happens. And that's the third thing. And uh, acquisition of language is important. So I wanted to be on guard myself not to talk Christianese. Um, but it is the world I live in, and uh, I'll try to I'll try to um, define. Oh, oh no, Steve, it's great. No, I love it. it. It's like it's it's refreshing almost because it, it's it's like really interesting. And no, nah, man, you don't have to like. Yeah, you don't, don't change, dude. Change, your rhythm, yeah. just your baseline rhythm is fantastic. Yeah, the, don't the, worry the about way it. and your cadence is a beautiful thing. And like, I don't need to keep blowing smoke, but genuinely, I love the way you talk, bro. It's weird, but I do. Um, Oh, go ahead. Joe, you're not, now you can't get let off the hook. I was really trying. I was really trying to skirt this one. Okay. Um, um, if, if, if I have to answer, I think that in, of the myriad of options that the afterlife could be, we could all be penguins. We could all be pencils. We could all be grains of sand. We could all be in the true presence of the Holy Lord. We could be a billion and one different things in the myriad of options that present themselves for what the afterlife is or could be, in my opinion, I think nothing is the least likely of which simply due to the math. All right. So here's option a nothing. Here's option B one of many things. Option C is one of another many things. And I could list you, you know, just, I could go down a stupid list of, we could be penguins. We could be dolphins. We could be reincarnated. We could go onto a different planet. We could become aliens. We could get, there's a billion different options and nothing is just one of those options. But any, if it's a dartboard and you're throwing a dart, there's a hundred different choices that are at least something and only one that is nothing. So I think in my opinion, the odds of nothing are rather slim and in my opinion, it's zero, but I can't prove that. I'm not going to act like I'm that's not that. a that's not a binary thing. There's not. You know, I don't look at it as yes or no. I look at it as what could possibly be as an array of as a buffet. And I see one option is maybe nothing and then a billion others. And so in, in my opinion, there is something what that is. I can't even begin to say I'm not going to lie. Now, I love the concept of Steve's that we would be at peace forever and, and that there would be no more adversity and, and strife. That would be amazing. Um I, I yeah, agree. I don't know. I look. I just yeah. Clearly, I don't know, but that's certainly what I would want if I'm. You guys have been an attractive religion for you know two thousand years, right? I mean, there's yeah. there's some merit to it. It's it's almost like there's a reason we all think about it, and there's a reason some of y'all do it. Like it, it's it ain't that bad. So here's what I got: um, a dude named Archibald McLeish. Uh, he said, "Quote: Religion is at its best when it makes us ask hard questions of ourselves. It is at its worst." When it deludes us into thinking, we have all the answers for everybody else. Now, I I would go so far as to say science is the same. Uh, I I think when science tries to pretend that it knows everything, I think it makes itself look foolish. Or when a proponent of science would say, I have all the answers, which Vance said is not obviously your point of view. I know that. I'm not trying to put on either one of you. But I think as a general 
concept, of it more being as a way to ask ourselves questions, both religion and science, would either one of you agree with that? It's at its best when either side, either whatever, facts or religion, whatever, is that the best part of it to you? Either one of y'all answer here. Is that the best part when it forces people to question themselves? Well, I think that perspective is like, no, science is not like, science doesn't assign values or value judgments. There's no like right, wrong, good, bad. Uh, science just uses uh, the scientific theory to figure out what's going on. And there's no right, wrong. There's no, there's, there's no value judgment in it. So I think thinking of it like, science is the same as religion is just that that they don't compute together they're literally Hmm. fundamentally opposite things because religion comes up with something to explain why things exist or what happens science does the almost the opposite and it just tries to figure out what's going on it doesn't like it starts from a different point of view Science isn't aiming for the why. Is that in, in a, a terrible summation of what you just said? Kinda. It's kinda. It's more like just think of the scientific theory. The scientific. Um, God, the, the scientific. What, what, what am I trying to think of? Method. The, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I know. C plus in science. What up? Me too, man. This is why. With <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Yeah. Actually, no. I got a good grade. No, no. I got a good grade with Rob. Yeah, I got a good grade in science. I don't. I obviously retained a lot of. Yeah, that. clearly. clearly. <laughs> you use a lot in your profession, so that's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, I, I use some science, but sure. uh, I use not. I do not use the scientific method. Okay, so yeah, good. Steve, w- would you agree at least with old Archibald? Religion is at its best when it makes us ask hard questions of ourselves. Is that something that you can yeah, get down absolutely. On? I think, you know, um, to, to Vance's point there on, on comparing science and religion, I think both are at their essence searching for the answer of why. Um, I think what, one of the problems that people have with, uh, with Christianity in general or the Bible um, and faith is when religions uh, try to answer the que- scientific questions, which they never really were designed to do. Not that science isn't, you know, uh, pertaining to everything. Uh, but they're all they're all searching for why. And even scientists, you know, there's a motivation behind what they're trying to hypothesize and ultimately confirm. And that's why things are the way that they are. So there is a why behind that. Now, to to the main question, though, uh, I think that we all need to hold these things with humility because we are finite and everybody's experience matters and it's important. Uh, and uh, and so because of that, um, we need to take that into account in everything. I do take. Uh, it's a hard line. It's not binary. Is there objective truth or subjective truth? Because that's the underlying question here, right? Yeah, um, basically. I think that there is, I think that the quest for objective truth is flawed, even in science. Uh, there's a great book called Proper Confidence by a guy named Leslie Newbegin. And Leslie Newbegin talks about, um, you know, can Christians, can we have faith with certainty about our salvation? And his ultimate uh, conclusion, is, which I rightly agree with, is no, but we can have a proper confidence, a blessed assurance. And the reason why is that, you know, Augustine famously said, I believe in order to understand. And uh, that was the basis of thought, you know, for 1500 years. And really b- before that, if you look at deeper spirituality. 
And to say that, uh, and I think what happened in Christianity, it was probably one of the great downfalls, is it got so married with the enlightenment and the search for reason mm. that this tr- attempt to prove God tried to subject spiritual things to physical understandings, which is inherently impossible. It's why we call it faith. You can't. But human experience can allow us to understand who God is if we are made in his image and if we have a, a collective witness. Uh, and uh, in the book, Newbegin talks about a guy named Polanyi. And uh, Polanyi uh, talks about the fact that even science is based off, in its very basis, some sort of faithful step. Every hypothesis that a science comes up, scientist comes up with is based off of an assumption of some of a other hypothesis being true, going back and back and back. So something's based off of a step of faith or belief in something. Now, you call that God, call that whatever. Something we don't understand is underlying everything else. And so uh, there is, um, uh, there is in, in that sense, always a relativity to, to truth. It can't be altogether determined objective. So I think that we all have the same goal. And we need to be co-journeyers in that together uh, and respectful. So anyway, sorry, I, I'm answering long questions. Long no, questions. I love it, dude. But honestly, that I, I totally agree. I feel like, and this might just be me, but I think religion and science are much like each leg of a person. Like you can, if you want, hop on one leg. You can make it from point A to point B just hopping on one leg. But in my opinion, if you use religion as one side and science on the other, it's a lot easier to make strides. It's a lot easier to run as a person just because you can balance, you, you can go with faith when you need it, but then you can balance off of facts and answers, suppose it, you know, whatever, when you need that as well. I, I find it to be better when they are conjoined, at least attempted to be, as opposed to when they're at battle, when they're at war. With what's, what's the three worst things science has done? What's the three worst things religion has done? Uh, science has done the nuclear bomb. Okay, which stopped, the, which stopped World War II. True. And that's a, see there you go. And as, that's and, I'm not sure. I'm, believe me, I'm not going to argue with the. Oh, well, let's here. get let's get to the religion. You're right. Because absolutely, you're, horrible things have been done on both sides, right? Scientific s- dis- determinations have led to genocide. I mean, just for goodness' sake, look at what Hitler did in the concentration camps in the name of science. Right. In the name of science. He didn't say I'm Hitler didn't say when he was in those things where scientific conclusions that ultimately helped medicine later on were done on unwilling Jewish um, patients, victims. Science did that. Now, I get it. There's motivation behind that same way. There was a motivation behind science because you can't remove the why and the motivation behind the scientific conclusions. You can't remove that. And but I'll be 100 percent the Crusades. Horrible, miserable, awful persecutions that happen today in modern day India and in the United States, stripping people in the United States of rights in the name of orthodoxy and abusing people's religious freedom. That's wrong. That's something I, as a Baptist, stand firmly against abusing religious freedom because once my religious freedom was argued. So, absolutely, subjectively, there are bad things all along the way, Vance. I agree with you 100%. So, I understand what you're saying, but you can't remove the why from the ultimate conclusions that were made in science. Steve, I have really- so many que- I, I have so many questions that, that I just keep writing down questions, but because uh, now I want to know, like, I have all these questions about denominations now. Uh, <laughs> that'll take, that'll like- take so long. Let me just say this. I actually disagree with both of you. Um, 
I don't think it's right to blame science for the creation of weapons. I don't think it's uh, necessarily right to blame the idea of Christianity for the Crusades. And here's why. In 2019, March 19th, 2019, a Cowboys fan stabbed and killed an Eagles fan. Is that to say all NFL fans are now evil? Is that to blame the Cowboys or is it to blame the Eagles? Same thing, 12-29-2014, a Redskins fan killed a Cowboys fan. Does that beca- is that because of the Redskins? Is it the Redskins' fault? Is it the Cowboys? It's no one, it's no group's fault what any one or number of their members do. A person is a person, and if they're going to commit murder, they're going to do it for any number of reasons. And it's not the church they go to or the team they follow or the scientific belief they hold to. I don't blame any of the overarching umbrellas for any of it. I blame the person. The person was a piece of garbage and decided to murder, be it on a a nationwide level of murdering entire country or just stabbing a football fan in a parking lot. It's the person. It's not their beliefs. Man, I, I, I wish I would have prepared for this. <laughs> Bro, that's why I emailed you. I sent you all of this to be like, look. Do you know I don't prepare for any of this stuff. I didn't prepare either. It makes you better. There's, yeah. It's like, oh, man. I've been preparing for weeks if it makes you feel any better. But there's this hitching. Every night I've been like, let me find more stuff. Yeah, this happens all the time. This argument happens all the time. And there's this Hitchens quote that's like so beautiful. And it explains exactly what you're talking about. And it takes your argument and it explains why religion just religion itself um leads to or why religion is immoral um but i cannot think of it so now me just saying that uh, i think here's here's a major issue with this is we need to distinguish terminology between religion and spirituality because you're i think that i think that you know uh tribalism exists in any in anything to, to the football fan analogy right same way in scientific communities you know scientific communities although i don't know any situation where they've been violently reacting towards each other but there certainly is rivalry that exists there and certainly among religious institutions as you, you talk about denominations uh, sometimes we hit the ones who are closest to us but you can't fully divorce those individuals from the, and I know this kind of betrays myself at times here. You can't uh, completely remove the organization or the tribe from their ideology. This gets into epistemology, you know, why we believe what we believe, and the fact that our beliefs are attached to our experiences. So what has informed somebody's mindset, certainly you can't, you can't blame fault. I think that's where we get more binary, to use that term again. That's word of the day around here. Yeah. Where, where, you know, it's, they're good, they're bad. This is all on a spectrum. And the fact of the matter is there's, there's good and bad actors. Uh, and now in my theology and worldview and my understanding, uh, of what uh, of what Jesus said, you know, this is because the reason any of this exists is because of a finite, uh, fallen human nature that we have are sinful, selfish in nature um, because of because of our fallenness, because of our choices. And Christ came to save us from that, to redeem us from that, to be selfless and sacrificial towards one another. And if we truly lived into that ethic and everything we did, we wouldn't want to create an atom bomb. We wouldn't want to experiment on others. We wouldn't want to stab the 49ers fan or whoever, whatever fan of Ace. Oh, bro. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring my 49ers. My 49ers. Uh, Patriots <laughs> fan, man. Patriots fan. Yeah. Uh, but you can't divorce the ideology uh, from that. But, but I think the other side of this, I, I think an important aspect of this 
because I'll, 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 I will not argue with Vance at all that religion is inherently flawed uh, because it is a man-made uh, attempt to understand something. However, spirituality is universal to the human experience. And spirituality begs the questions that we're all seeking to answer, why too? Uh, and we have to be constantly looking towards that. And those things are going to rub each other the wrong way from time to time because of our human experience. But it doesn't mean it's not without revelation. Uh, and that's what I would argue. Yeah. I mean, I am now racking my brain to of like all the Hitchens that I've read. And I literally can't Google think of it. anything. Google it. Um, You've got to find it. Google it. No. Say this. Uh, have you heard of the study? Uh, two psychologists, it was an, actually, it was an economist and a psychologist, a duo from Yale. So right away, not wait, Harvard, wait, bro. Joe, not Harvard, I'm, bro. Joe, not Harvard, I'm, not Stanford. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing something here. <laughs> oh, no. What's I'm hearing something here. Guys, hold on. What is it? What, what, what is what? What? Is this? Is this? Hold, guys, wait. I think this might. It is. It is. It's time for the Harvard MIT Connections. That's right, folks. This is the segment where, for no apparent reason, we ask questions about Harvard or MIT and how they relate to our topic. Why? Not sure. It's pretty boring. <laughs> it's uh, never really relevant. But uh, first question, Joe, according to your research, did the biblical figure Moses either go to Harvard or MIT? Oh, that's a good point. That discredits everything Moses ever did. He did not go to Harvard or MIT. Uh, that's okay. Well, now everyone knows. Second question. <laughs> Steve, second question. Did you have any connections or have you uh, ever had any connections to either Harvard or MIT? Uh, I have, I've been on the campus of Harvard one time. I can, I can tell you that. Whoa. I know big, big time stuff, counts. man. Big time that stuff. That counts. And that wraps up our most <laughs> and relevant segment Harvard MIT connection. You know, it's kind of a segue from the Yale comment that he was about to quote. So, you know, perfect. perfect. Stream of conscious, like Vance. It. We'll go with yep. that. Yeah. Vance that's, is ready. Vance is quick draw. It's not me that's doing this, guys. It's our production team. So yeah, they, we got a lot of money. Um, crazy guys podcast. behind the scenes. Yeah, a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Thank Mr. You producer. We appreciate you. Yeah. Good job, people in the back. Good job for doing that. <laughs> oh Lord, that was a huge setup for a not very big point. But uh, yeah, at Yale back in 2005, I've uh, heard of the study that they taught monkeys uh, how to use money. They they gave them like these coins or whatever, and then after a while, they let them trade in the coins for bananas. So they kind of taught these monkeys the concept of money. Well. I, after a while, um, they were beating each other up, robbing and stealing. There was literally even some prostitution going on. Like one monkey, what? Was actually, <laughs> one monkey, one monkey was legit pimping out women to other monkeys for their coins. This is these are monkeys, y'all. So if you really want to go there, they had no religion and they still committed evil atrocities when given the concept of money. So if we're going to blame anything on what has been done horribly throughout human nature in, in our entirety of our past, I don't blame religion. I, I blame money if we're going to do anything, but really, I just blame humans because we're not perfect. They might be. They might be all intertwined. Possibly, honestly, it, you know. It, look, I'm not going to say that I know that, but like, if we're going to pretend that these monkeys knew what Jesus is, like, clearly not. So I can't blame that at all for what they did, and what they did was horrible. They were genuinely acting horrible. Not that long after they introduced, so like, I just I can't go so far as to blame religion for what quote unquote religious people do. So what that that maybe kind of ties into one of the big questions I had for Steve, which was, 
I am a very big Bachelor fan. I watch The Bachelor all the time. Me too. I'm a huge fan, bro. Okay. No all right. Joke. Oh my yeah. word. Okay. So oh my word. I always am. I'm getting. I always get mad at the. There's been two times, like the guy that was just on, and then this girl that was just on, where they're very that like very strong faith, and like they were on TV, and especially with the guy, like the guy got. You're talking about two seasons ago with Becca. Was that it? With the yeah, guy? with Hannah. Yeah. With Hannah and Hannah, like, Hannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like this guy takes her to his like Sunday school class. And yeah. like she, she definitely knows that he's like a hardcore Christian. What I would say, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but he's a hardcore Christian. And then she gets to be then turn around and be like super offended and indignant that he would possibly like believe what the Bible would. What is that? Yeah, yeah. Is that another I, segment? I, is that another segment? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's my grandfather clock over here. Bro. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Oh, that's awesome. But I think yeah. so. The yeah. So it's like the Bible says certain things. The Bible does say in Romans and there's a bunch of other bu- books where it's clear about what you should do with sex before marriage. It's pretty clear. Um, but then there's this idea that I guess all people get to choose how they want to practice their own religion. But why do people get to then go and trash this guy for his religious beliefs when they're just picking and choosing from what they want to believe? Well, because I, well, yeah, what I say is interesting about that. Two things: one, in that in that instance on the show, and yes, Joe, keep judging me with your eyes. I see. Bo- you I can't that. believe I thought you were kidding. You really do know what he's talking <laughs> yeah, about. I do. Oh yeah, I love the oh, Bachelor. Yeah, it's, yeah great. it's a big deal, Joe. It's a big deal, Joe. Well, what was interesting, though, uh, Vance, is on that, you're right. I think the guy's name was Luke. Um, Luke, yeah. He got he got run across the coals for that in the public yeah. sphere. Now, the girl, on the other hand, which I agree, you know, you should you should have known what you were dealing with Winmo Boy over here, and that's an insider thing there. You should have known what you are getting into. But she was not treated the same way by the fans as Luke was. And I think that was a little more complicated because I think that deals more with the Me Too movement and the way that maybe Males are not able to push their ideology on females, but it's okay for females to do that because that's empowerment. So I think in that setting, that's why those were played out differently. But uh, as part of the interpretation issue, which is what you're getting at. Here, well, right? first, I, I don't think it's that at all, but I okay. think it does. I think you're touching on something that I agree with you with because I want to get there, but my wife would not would not forgive me if I didn't jump in and say that's not right. But, uh, but I, I, think, I, I have nothing wrong with the Me Too movement, by the way. I, I just I, want to be clear on that. I, but I, I, I'm agreeing with you because I do agree that there is this politically correct culture in America. Kevin Hart can't uh, host the Oscars because he said something way back in the day, a funny joke about that had something to do with homosexuality, which is actually, I think it was kind of funny. And there's this whole politically correct culture. So what happened was, I think in that instance with Hannah and this guy is that she was on the right side of the politically correct culture of like, yeah, like women don't have to, um, and they shouldn't. And this is actually 100% true and that they don't have to be, they have been subject to men for, um, most of, of human history and, and they have been, uh, judged and they have been, um, persecuted because they are sexual beings and men don't like that. Um, but, but that doesn't mean like you can't like with, with the Hannah thing, she, she can't believe in the same Bible and read the same Bible and believe some of the stuff that's in the Bible and then 
be mad at this guy for believing the same Bible and believing the same stuff that's in that Bible. It's just different than the stuff that she's choosing to believe in. Like, she's like, no, no, no. I don't believe that we have to. Yeah. Like I don't believe I can wear wool and shit. Oh, and stuff <laughs> I can I, like, I'm well, allowed to track at home. That's three. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to like eat non-kosher things because, you know, I don't have to follow the old Testament anymore. Like you get to pick and choose, but why? Like, it's just unfair when some people pick certain things from your book, then you like trash them for picking the same things that are in the book that you're reading. That's apparently from the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. And let me say, I, I, I mean, I'm in agreement with you. I think that uh, Hannah was on the wrong. I, I think Luke did some pretty douchey things in there. Oh, he was douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. hundred <laughs> percent. But uh, she, she obviously had a different interpretation of things. And I think, you know, when we talk about the Holy scripture, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> this is my belief. And what I think has been general orthodoxy is that the Bible did not descend on a cloud from heaven, right? Uh, and neither was it God dictating it to people um, where they were word for word. Rather, it is human experience of God. I believe it's divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. I absolutely believe that. Um, but it is uh, it is uh, uh, it is instruction for life, and it it, it it entails these experiences and these conversations people had that ultimately was rooted and fulfilled in who Jesus was. And so, there's obviously a lot to the canonicity of the scripture to how we interpret it. Um, but interpret one thing is is that um, you're right. New Testament interprets the Old Testament, and, and Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. A lot of interesting language there. Not we're not going to get into it right now. Um, but we as individuals have a conscience. Uh, we have uh, a, a soul competency. So no one uh, dictates what anybody else believes. However, universally as Christians, we hold this to be uh, authoritative. Um, and the interpretation exists within the community of believers under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So there is orthodoxy. And uh, I believe that the sexual ethic of our culture today uh, is at odds with that traditional orthodoxy. Now, I think that Christians have been a little retaliatory against that, mainly because they're throwing a hissy fit because they're not predominant anymore. Um, uh, and in, in terms have adopted the pendulum swung to a more fundamentalist understanding of things that are, are to an extreme they shouldn't be. And that's where you find extreme fundamentalism, which I'm not a fundamentalist. I'm conservative in my orthodoxy, um, but I'm not a fundamentalist. And so, uh, again, it is, uh, it is your uh, ability as an individual. We're not automatrons. Uh, God gave us free will and uh, to be able to interpret these things. But there is a call for accountability. There is a call for community because ultimately these words are about seeing the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven that the church exists as a parable of the kingdom of God, that a community of believers is committed to living this out because we believe it's the best way, and that it ultimately points towards not just eternal life one day, but it provides abundant life in the present, and that the best way is, to the sexual question, is a monogamous relationship between a committed, and this is my interpretation, of a male and female. Uh, this is the best way, uh, that, that's, that, and that sex should... Um, be reserved until marriage to keep and marriage bed holy. Joe, that also segues into one of the questions that I was going to make you answer, which is does your belief in or your spiritual beliefs or your belief in like whatever your God or whatever the, your concepts of God, does it inform any of your life choices or moral choices? <sighs> 
That's a tough question because at the root of that question is where does morality stem from? Can can morality come about, you know, in a in a vacuum or is it from call it the eternal truth just as it because I don't know what to call it. Is it all God given? What do you think? I, I can't say that I know. I do feel like I mean even this is a cop-out answer, I'll admit that. But even with my kids, who are four and two, literally literally today, Raiden got caught in a lie. His mom said, have you cleaned your room? And I looked at him <laughs> and I said, if you cleaned your room, we can go play Pokemon Stadium. Because we're playing a lot of Pokemon Stadium. By the nice. Way. Great, game. nice. Great game. Classic 64. Nice. But he said yes. And you could see it on his face immediately. He was lying. <laughs> And I went, did you? And his his whole face changed. You could feel him. He knew what he had done was wrong. Does he know what God is at age four? Doubtful. At least not to the extent of what we're discussing in, in the in the level of the, the depth and breadth of what God is. I don't think he has the capacity to understand that yet. But did he know what he said was wrong? Yes. So can you be aware of morality without crediting God? Sure. Is it all from God? I don't know. But if I'm pressed to say, does God influence my decisions? Honestly, I would say no in that. And I'm going to mimic Steve or parrot Steve. He gave me free will. And honestly, I, I said he, and I'm sorry. I don't know if it is a he, but that's, we don't need to go down that time. But God, I don't just, it's, I'm sorry, congregation, I'm going to say a word. I don't know if God has genitalia. Ergo, I don't know if he's a man or woman. I, can't, I don't, yeah. I'm not, that's not a thing. That's an acceptable word in the church. It's okay. Okay, cool. Thank uh, you. Uh, All right, so it's zero. Just saying. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so I, I don't, I can't say that God has ever told me don't do that because it's wrong. Or God's ever told me do that because it's right. I think I've had a sense of right and wrong since a very long time, since long before I knew what God was. And I, I don't know where to give credit. So I, I admit I'm copping out. But do I ever think like, you know, God, what do I want for lunch? I'm like, no. But, you know, if, it, if it's a much larger decision, like we recently decided to move, we're going to move from Pierre to Sioux Falls. And did I find myself asking, like, is this the right move? Yeah. No, I, I did. I did ask for guidance. If that's if, if that is a long roundabout way of answering a question, I have asked for guidance. Yes. Interesting. Well, I think that, you know, the interesting thing you talk about, you know, even your relationship with Raiden and family is, you know, life's all about community relationships. And Vance, even as an atheist, right? I mean, you would say. Or, or whatever, spiritual seeker. I don't know how you want to term. Just a, not I'll be the I'll be the douchebag atheist. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. There's, there's, there's still there's still a deep desire for community, right? And uh, and to yeah. better community, which which means there's a need for a, a social for a social contract, right? And understanding in a social contract and community is that there are things that are right and things that are wrong. And I think uh, religion, spirituality, ideology, whatever you want to call it, all seeks to answer that question and to find a common ground that makes sense and that is universal, at least within the community itself. And I think religion at its very basics, I mean, even go back to the Ten Commandments, uh, the first, first few commandments all deal with the vertical relationship with God. And then all the rest of them deal with how to deal in community. So it's seeking to better that and to uh, improve that at the end of the day. So there is a, a desire for some sort of objective truth, I think, inherent to the human experience. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's that that gets that's the ultimate reason why, because you guys know this, but I was like I was a, I was like hardcore Christian. And then in college, 
the thing that got me because I was like so into it was the thing that I guess made me step back and be like, wait, what am I doing? Or what's, what's going on here was the concept of Paul's letters to the Ephesians and the fact that Paul, the guy that would be like, Paul would be mortified if he knew that his letters were in the Bible. He would be absolutely mortified that he, that like, I, in my belief that he, that someone decided that his letters were worthy enough to be the whole entirety of his letters or whatever letter he had would be in the Bible because that's just not who he was. Like he wasn't about that. And so I was like, wait, well, what are we doing here? If, if it, it looks like this is just a letter from a guy that believes in God and is instructing a church, this is not the word of God. So if the, if the word of God is not all in the scriptures, then what is, and then that set me off of this like whole downward um, wow. or I guess devolving of like, because <clears throat> I always thought, and, and I thought, I always think that's interesting of like what you're, because to me, it's obvious that morality exists outside of the Bible, outside of the Quran. Slavery is wrong. Slavery is in the Quran. Slavery is in the Bible. Um, these things, we know it's wrong, um, but yet it's in the Bible. So it existed outside of it, and yet they had to find their way there. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, that that I, I just thought about it. I, I forgot about that. That that was that's like the most. Um, like philosophical, like that's like a douchebag Christian philosophical way. Paul's letters, like totally made me not believe, man. Like Paul was such like you were just hating on yourself this whole episode. No, <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to hate on yourself, Vance, because I think that's legit. You know, I mean, um, struggling with the canonicity of Scripture and, and, like you said, with the origins of it all. I mean, uh, from from I'm sure your standpoint as a very logical, rational person, it doesn't seem reasonable. It doesn't seem to jive. Uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've dealt with a lot of people um, in my ministry, including my, my brother-in-law, who, uh, who came, actually came to faith last year. But Matt was always a spiritual seeker. And one of the things he really got hung up on was kind of the, the dogma and the law and, you know, the kind of the dictatorial way that it seemed. Because Paul is very, he's a straight shooter, which uh, I, I like straight shooting, but I get it's not everybody's gig. And in a world of, of people where world people are um, uh, spiritual but not religious, that really is a turnoff. And I totally get that. And I, I like to, I reminded Matt, uh, why well, I, I brought to his attention, you know, Jesus's earliest followers, when you read Luke um, and you just hear this account, you know, they call themselves followers of the way. They were just journeying with Jesus. Uh, and they sure, they sure as heck didn't have it figured out. Mandalorians, this is the way. The way, man. I, I, I don't have. I haven't have Disney Plus, so. Oh, bro. I know. I know. I really Steve. want to see it, man. I know. I know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, gotta do it. Yeah, well, yeah. first of all, Steve said that Paul was the second classiest guy in the Bible, and so I like to hear that you call him a straight shooter because that's classy. He is, Joe. I think you'll also be interested in this because I think our production team is just. What, what is this? What's going what, on? What's, hold on. Hey. What? Ooh. Oh, guys. It's Joe's social life with kids segment. Yay. Since having kids, Joe's knowledge of the modern world now comes exclusively from the TV show, Paw Patrol and the soundtrack of Frozen. In this segment, we put that knowledge to the test. Joe, I'll ask you two questions about pop culture that are related to our topic. It's your job to give us an answer. If you don't know, I don't care. 
required <laughs> to give an answer. Rules are rules. You can take your best guess, or you can make an answer up. Either way, we'll just all laugh in your face for not knowing something. Fun! First question. <laughs> A known Christian and huge star who is now the son-in-law of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Joe, can you tell us who is Chris Pratt? Uh, he was in the office, right? Other one? Close. Thank is that you. your final answer, Joe? Uh, no, 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 no. It's, of course, it's thank you, Steve. Well, Joe, the answer <laughs> is he in Guardians the office? Of the Galaxy? Unfortunately, is incorrect. That Guardians. is correct. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was also in the other most popular movie franchise in probably the last 30 years, Jurassic Park. He was also in The Avengers, and he was in Parks and Rec. But good job, Joe. You got that one. Oh, right. he was in Parks and Rec. Close <laughs> to the office. That I was good. Either, that was I haven't good. seen either one of those shows. I've seen right. an episode or two of each. He's not uh, a Dave, is he? That's what I want to know. Second, second question, Steve, which is actually this might, uh, this might tie in with that. Okay. Uh, what famous proclaimed Christian who had an on and off again relationship with Selena Gomez and it was now famously Alec Baldwin's son-in-law sings the song, Sorry, Love Yourself, and What Do You Mean? It's the Beebs, baby. I do know. I got what do you, what do you Is that right? Mean? Yeah. I would have got that one. I would have got Beebs. You yeah. are correct. He's, wait, how, who's he son might, I didn't know that. He's, he's married. Married. Alec yes. Baldwin? Yeah, he's Alec Baldwin's son-in-law. He married Baldwin's daughter? Fun fact. Fun fact about the segment. His YouTube, those three YouTube uh, videos combined have a combined seven billion views. Good, did not know Thank that. <laughs> All that's right, nothing compared to what this podcast is going to get, <laughs> and that's not compared to what this segment will get. Joe's social life with kids. Thank you wow. for listening. I love this. This is my new favorite segment. All right, so to attempt to circle back because that was a great segment, by the way. I want more of those. I want more of those. Uh, you, you did say slavery, and that actually brings me to one of my next questions. <laughs> no, you did. In in Exodus twenty one, Exodus twenty one does talk about the rules for owning Jewish slaves, which obviously no Christian believes anymore. I'd, obviously, and that brings me to what Carl Sagan once said. He said, "Quote." Science is a way of thinking much more than it is a body of knowledge, end quote. Now, in my opinion, I view religion as a, as a very similarly. I don't view religion as looking at the Bible and taking it for facts because it does have rules like you can't mix cotton and you can't, you can't have multi-blended clothes and it's got rules for Jewish slate. I don't, I don't think that is important. In the same way, I don't think pointing out that Einstein was wrong about stuff, I don't think that destroys the credibility of science. I mean, up until 1931, Einstein, Einstein still believed the universe was static and not ever growing, which we know it is. So just because religion does have some things in the Old Testament that are clearly wrong, and just because science has things that are clearly wrong when you look way back and you cherry pick some details, I don't think either one of those mistakes and, and any others I don't think that is a fair assessment of what religion and science can both be used for moving forward. Would y'all say that's fair? No. <laughs> <laughs> Would you elaborate on that, please? Uh, <laughs> I was honestly, I was not paying attention for half of that, Joe. I was thinking about 
was it Selena Gomez that Justin Bieber was? Was that, was that right <laughs> I about that? I can't believe I We've hit a wall here. <laughs> I was talking about Einstein and you were thinking about Selena Gomez. Oops, uh, daisies. Wait, so you you're, you're basically you're basically you're, Joe, you're you're coming at the argument that um because like because science was wrong about some stuff, but they were trying to find the answers, and because religion has been wrong about the stuff because they're trying, trying to, to find, find the, the answers, then they're the same What's thing. What's the difference? Yeah, that's a logical fallacy. What's but, the difference? Well, how is, so? But that's, is that's a though? quick answer, ask, but how so? How's it? I'm really curious because I, I can think of a few ways where I could find commonality, but but Vance, I'm curious. I can, yeah, I can only find commonality. Please, please elaborate. Yeah. So the the thing with religion, religion is a religion is a thing that informs your core being of who you are. It's how you it 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 shapes your worldview. Um. It tells you that um, you it informs your most deepest and most uh, I guess important decisions that you'll ever make in your life will, will be informed by religion. When Einstein was deciding whether or not he was going to make love to his life or masturbate, science wasn't telling him what or what not to do. Uh, when when Einstein was try you know like like it, it's it's no i see where you're going it's something that it's 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 fundamentally different science but, it's, but it doesn't form it doesn't form the way you live your life you're right i mean in that specific instance it might not deal with sexuality but different areas of science really did the kinsey institute and and certainly their studies on sexuality informed and really was fodder for the sexual revolution of the mid-20th century so i think there has been places where you know science i i really Again, I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I don't want to belabor the point, but I think that science does seek to answer a lot of questions of why. It does seek to answer why we are, and I think that in modern culture, science is held up as an ideology and kind of the undergirding truth underneath a lot of our belief systems. And to the point that Joe's saying, where there has been fallacies, where you know, certainly. Uh, genetic understandings where inferior races were deemed inferior races because science proved it for a period of yeah. time that that supported uh, slavery uh, in antebellum that supported uh, certainly the Jim Crow laws. So that was a part of science until we realized, oh, wait, that's a bunch of crap. And so the same way in, in religious belief and any kind of system of practice is contextual, which goes to the biblical things, which, yes, it, again, I fully admit that the, the theological um, uh, understandings here are contextual to the time where slavery was rampant, where uh, polygamy in the Old Testament, you find that with these other antiquated laws. But sometimes when you pull away the husk, you find a kernel that's definitely a timeless truth. And I think that's what we're all pursuing together. So uh, I don't I, I agree with Joe. I don't think it's a logical fallacy because uh, unless you assume or or decide that science is not seeking to answer the questions of why or origin questions or purpose questions at all, which I think they do inherently inform that. Yeah, I think I think what I'm more, I guess, touching on. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot that's that's rolled up into this. But I think if if I'm if we're going to go to this topic. Uh, Hitchens always used this uh, example of Freilein Fratzel, and it was this uh, girl. Well, this is going to be real dark, but it was this girl that was imprisoned, I think, by her uncle or her or her father, 
um, in a basement for like 30 years and raped and tortured for 30 years. And um, she, you know, he says, you know, she begged, she begged, she begged for forget. She begged that he wouldn't come down there and rape her over and over and over. And uh, heaven sat there uh, with indifference. Um, and you, he turns and says, you know, you can't say that this is a moral thing. Um, that this is something that is a good thing. That's a terrible bastardization of the of the argument. Um, but I think it's it's more like yes, like people can be good. Everyone can be like all the every every Christian that I know is a great person. Steve, you're a great person. Uh, all the Christians that I know are great persons, great people. The the problem is is that religion supplants. Um, your ability to think and reason and supplants it with um, like a, a a mandate from a different source than your like logical brain, if that's making any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I totally respect that perspective. Um, and, and that's where I distinguish, you know, clearly between religion and faith in that matter, because uh, nobody tells me what to believe. Um, I'm, I, it's part of my self-confidence. Now, I get it. Yes, I, I do follow an orthodoxy uh, an interpretation here. But I think the difference is, is that I think all people ultimately are looking for answers. And, and from, from a logical standpoint, anyway, um, I don't think human beings have landed on the answer by their own reasoning and possibilities. And every other source, you know, science or philosophy or whatever is drawing from humans, from humans, from humans. Uh, what I would argue is the difference here is spirituality and that I, I, have, uh, I, I have the Holy Spirit, which again, of course, that's a theological concept, but also a reality for me that plugs me directly to the source and to the maker, uh, which does give more credibility than these other things. Not to say that I'm not at all debunking science, because absolutely science... I absolutely believe, and I don't think science and religion or faith are as at odds with each other uh, as some people might argue. You know, your Ken Ham crazies or whatever up in Kentucky or those kind of people. But you know, um, I think there's a place for all of it. I uh, think it's very. I think they are two sides of the same coin, or to use a, a poor metaphor, just like in any sport, any game, both teams are entering, and neither one are inherently wrong. Both sides have merits and strengths. Both sides have weaknesses. And much like in sport, if only one team existed, then there is no game. The game is off. If only one team shows up, there is no game. So just as much as you need an opposition to help frame what it is you believe, it just as simple as, I mean, I guess iron sharpens iron. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to have an opposing belief to poke holes or at least attempt to show you your weaknesses so you can try and bolster that and strengthen that. And and I might be on an island here, but I think God did that on purpose. I think the, the, the extreme sides of both that seem not to hate each other, but fight each other a lot. They, I think they, they, they get in the way of what seems like both of you are more in the middle line, which, and obviously there's a respect that I feel right now. Like everybody, I don't feel like we're fighting at all. I, I think we're actually helping each other. And I think that's the point. I think that was the intended point, if, if I would maybe be so bold, is to think that maybe God did 
this on purpose. Give someone with a point of you know point of view or a mind such as Vance and someone with a point of view and a mind such as you, Steve. Like I think that is the point of this. That it, when we do come together, we realize how similar we really are. Yeah, and yeah, I'm reaching. No, I agree. I think iron sharpens iron. You know, to quote a Bible, there. Sorry, but I think that's why I said it came up. But it's a timeless truth, uh, and and from every human experience. And I think, you know, I think the the problem that uh, exists in religion a lot of times is religion can become rather myopic and it can become tribal. And the issue with that is that again, human dignity is thrown to the side, and that's a huge issue for me, and that's a huge concern because that that undermines the the basic spirituality that we all share. That's a common denominator that we're all spiritual beings. And so I have to uphold that and, and value that about those around me, which means that although Vance is a professed uh, douchebag atheist in his own term. Uh, <laughs> there, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. but I, I can't can, believe I heard a pastor say douchebag. Yes. This is the second time I use that term, but I'm just been quoting y'all. Uh, yeah, he was <laughs> quoting me, Joe. Yeah. He was quoting yeah. me. Uh, but, you know, I think that uh, I have a lot I can learn from Vance because of his experience and because of his perspective. And, and see, this is the indictment on religion and Christianity in general. Uh, and, you know, all of us went to Hyde Park. We all took apologetics with Joseph Justice. And right. The big, yeah, the big thing was apologetics. If I could just prove with to, an indubitable point that God exists and the Bible's real, then I win. Yeah. It's not about winning. It never was. Apologetics, and someone's going to hate me for saying this, apologetics is a huge waste of time because you're never going to argue anybody to faith. It is living a compelling witness that makes a difference. It's about getting out there and, and doing good because God has called us to take righteous action. And that's a totally different thing. Which, and, and if we did that, then that would supplant the bad that tends to come out because of religion and tribalism and all those other things. But the indictment, I was going to say, is that uh, Christianity uh, so assimilated itself into the enlightenment and the search for indubitable truth and reason that it lost sense of the awe, mystery, and wonder of the spirituality that its very essence. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but to me, the compelling point of my faith is the Holy Spirit, is that there is, that's what answers it. You know, uh, I was on the tube in London a couple of years ago, and uh, we were visiting with different people. Uh, I had some pastor friends with me, and, and we weren't trying to necessarily evangelize. We were seriously talking to post-Christian individuals who uh, all identified. Every person we asked, do you believe there's a God? You know, we, and we told them up front, we're pastors, we're church. We're just doing fact-finding. We said, do you believe that there's a God? What do you think about church? And every one of them, the first answer was, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Every one of them. That was the over overgirding thing. And you just, I mean, I think that in some way they're trying to turn off. But to me, the indictment was, um, yeah, you know, I, I appreciate what the Church of England does in their context, or I appreciate what this church does down the street or whatever, but they're not answering the questions I'm really seeking. They're not spiritual. And I'm like, we invented the dang thing here, you know? <laughs> it's like, how did we lose sight of the mission? I wonder, it's because we tried to get too smart and we tried to say, this is how it works. This is how it doesn't. You're wrong. I'm right. And that's just not how it works. Rather, we can learn from each other with dignity. Now, again, uh, from an ethical standpoint, um, uh, ethically, if if I believe something's the best, then I am compelled to share that. I'm compelled to. Same way, I, we have the best barbecue restaurant that opened here in Carrollton. Then no one does brisket here in the southeast, but this dude moved from Long Island and he opens called South of Heaven Barbecue. Man, as soon as I got that barbecue, and I, t- I mean, it's I'm talking, it is Franklin's good, y'all. It's amazing and half the price. Ooh, and no oh, way. Wow. Ooh. Oh, Really good. Ooh. Anyway, it is amazing stuff. And as soon as I heard it, man, I got on the phone with everybody because 
I was compelled to proselytize that news, right? So in marketing, that's no problem. You see it's something you like, you're going to go tell somebody. Now, there's a stigma attached to religion that that's not acceptable. But I argue that ethically, if I believe something is the best way, then I need to let you know about it. I don't force that on you. I don't lord that over you. Uh, that's a violence to do that. I can't force you into anything, nor should I. However, I have an obligation to live that in the fullness and to, and to, to faithfully articulate that to you which is what I'm trying to do right now. Now, I'm not at all um, saying, Vance, you know, if you don't turn right now, then you're going to hell. I hate you. And I don't want to talk to you again. That's stupid and ridiculous and wrong. And I, anybody who does that, I, I question their faith. But rather, you know, we're having this conversation because I believe I have the best way. And Vance obviously is searching and feels he has the best way or is figuring that out. And that's why it's so interesting to hear from his perspective. Sorry, yeah. long, long, long rant there. Yeah, I, I remember um, I, I'm now, I actually just remembered the quote that I was thinking of from Hitchens and I kind of broke it, brought it up, but he basically says, I think it's in a video or something where he says, name one ethical statement or an action or an ethical action by a believer that could not have been said or done by a non-believer. And then he says, so that's the first one. So name an ethical statement or an ethical action performed by a believer that could not have been uttered or done by a non-believer. And the second thing he says, I think, is, is uh, think of a like terrible or evil thing done or an evil action done um, because of or in the name of religious faith. And then he's like goes on. And, and and like talks about that challenge yeah. and that's the question and the challenge that wow. I can't, can't come up with an answer. I think I could flip it though. And it's the same, at least on the first half, because the latter <laughs> one I admit, I don't have an answer, but the first one name an action done by someone who claims God doesn't exist the, an ethical action that couldn't have been done by like if an atheist gives food to the homeless, so could a Christian. What, what's the difference? I, I don't. Again, I remove the the God portion of that at all. That's his if you're point. doing a good act, then you're doing a good act. That, that's his point. Mm -hmm. Its point is like mm -hmm. this: like the religion is not what's making the actions, uh, the the ethical oh, actions being performed. Oh. It's not the religion. It's just the ethical. They're actions. unto themselves. However, when you're talking about wicked actions, uh, you got a lot of religion in there, uh, mm -hmm. and they're being made on because of a religious faith it's never the other way around is it because of religious faith or is it psychos are going to pervert anything yeah that's fine but you you can't deny that when well see so that argument the fact that it's like oh well stuff is done in the name of other things nothing nothing is as fundamental to a person as nothing is more fundamental to steve as his belief in God, there's nothing that can be more fundamental to them. And his Steve, belief. Hold on, Steve. And who you he hear is, that? Right. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. For sure. Yeah. So that's what infor informs his decisions. That's what. That's that's why he acts. And he's a good person, and that's great. But the thing is, is that that's a dangerous thing. But is it uh, fair my, that I, I think, Steve is a good person and believes in God, and his faith is the most important thing? And Steve is a good person. Is it fair to then say? that the person that's bad is also bad because of God when God clearly has helped Steve become good. No, it's not. That's that's, it's not that the person is bad because of God. The, the point is that the, the person is not good because of God. 
You, and See, it, I, I, and I, I totally mm. get what you're, I get what no, you're that's coming interesting. from here. That's, yeah, really no, that's an interesting point. I, I, I think remember that. The, the difference here that I would say is, you know, both all these are actions, which certainly, you know, there's there's fruit out of our out of our belief or ideology. That's what makes it tick. But I think what distinguishes uh, what what my faith says is the desire and the intention and my motivation. Which the the desire, you know, John the Baptist says, "I must decrease, so he must increase," mm-hmm. and the goal is uh, now altruism is impossible by humans to achieve, right? It is impossible to altruistically engage in an endeavor by human effort, right? At the very least, even if I'm doing something good for somebody else, I am receiving a feel good feeling back, right? There's always a selfish motivation of some sense. We can't escape that. I think the difference is. In Christianity, there is a desire for self-emptying for the purpose of, of this higher, uh, higher, of this higher being of bringing glory to God, uh, and that has a communal, obviously, social contract component to it. But it is it is the intention of altruism that separates those actions. Now, again, I'm not perfect. I'm being perfected, and far, far from it. I would argue that I'm good, you know, uh, but. Um, I think that that's the distinguishing factor. But you're right, on the surface, relatively speaking, uh, and good is a relative term, let's be honest, Yeah. Uh, that um, uh, on the surface, they could very much well appear the same. And r- relatively speaking, absolutely be doing good or, or doing evil. That's well, interesting. Speaking of evil, guys, <laughs> I think I think uh, I think uh, our production wait, crew uh, uh, is, that, is that they're doing something is back there. there. They're a live band in studio. Uh, I I think I hear. Oh wow, I hear something. I hear something, guys. This is the Chris Neo red pill or blue pill segment. Where we wear little circular sunglasses without the things that go around your ears like Morpheus did in the Matrix. And we blow your mind with interesting facts about the most interesting topic. Christianity. Free your mind. Steve, have you ever met or do you know of Chris Neo? (laughs) No, but... I'm really glad you sent me this envelope that I got right here. Oh, cool sunglasses. I was wondering why you said that. <laughs> That's cool. Yes. Put yeah. those on, Steve. Thank put you. Those oh. On. oh, I look great, man. Don't look Free good, Joe. Your you look awesome, bro. Oh, I like good forward thinking you. there. Good forward thinking. Yeah. Free your mind. Free it. So, Joe. Wow. Joe. Wow. Welcome to the real world. Whoa, bro. Any facts that you can think of in your research that do your mind and that'll blow our minds that's uh wow that's all right that sets me up because steve uh when you were um, it's gotta be in the segment joe we're still okay, in the so segment. Keep the music going okay keep it keep it i'm gonna talk lower now uh steve when you were saying that uh the the idea of apologetics kind of missed the point which i agree completely um in 2013 some scientists supposedly proved that god exists now, here's the thing. What they proved is Kurt Gödel's mathematical theorem to be true, the Australian mathematician. And the, the mathematics, his theorem kind of proved that there is something greater than us and fine, whatever. But the headline 
stated in many different newspapers that are found online. The headline simply stated, scientists prove God exists, which even before I clicked that link, I thought to myself, like, well, this is not like I, I know for a fact this is nonsense. Before I open up this article, I know what I'm about to read is not going to prove anything. And I think that's the biggest point that I wanted to bring up to either one of you. Is there anything, anything that you can hear or see or experience or you know feel? Is there anything that could happen that would change your mind on your beliefs? Is there any scientific paper or experience or concert or I mean, any aggressive problem? But is there any big moment, Christian moment? Would anything actually change your mind? Is there any research that came out and scientists said they proved God doesn't exist? Would anything, is there anything that would possibly change your mind? If some guy, love of God, whether or not you believe in him, turn that off. Someone gave me a pill. I hate and this. I woke up. I hate this. In a chamber with a so bunch of goo around me. And that was the real world. That would change my mind. <laughs> that's all for the Chris Neo red or blue pill segment. Or is it? <laughs> Free your mind. You know, it's amazing. It's been 15 years since I've hung out with Vance, and he's exactly the same person <laughs> as he was 15 years ago. It's pretty amazing. Guys, that was not my idea. That was the production crew. I don't oh, know sorry, Vance. Yeah. 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 Uh, a little <laughs> off the rails. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, wait, would something change my mind? Absolutely. If, if there's scientific proof. What would there it have is, to like, be? What would it if, have to be? Just the same, the, the same things that, that, uh, that inform me that there's gravity and that there's um, that there's love and that there's, you know, like, you know, very obvious things. A testable hypothesis of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we got to the point that we got to gravity, that we did like the provable, the provability of gravity, then hell yeah, of course I would. I'd be, you would be, you'd be a fool. You'd be like super ignorant if you didn't believe in God then, if we had got it to that level. Yeah. Interesting. In my opinion. No, that's I, I'm, wow. Again, I had a whole thing written out to argue with you, but you you have not answered any of my questions the way I thought you were going to. And, and to your point, as a good question as well. From my point, I mean, again, because I don't think reason and rationale and the scientific method could ever definitively prove or disprove God. Um, it'd be I, I can't fathom what that would look like because again, there's a faith component even to science. There's a faith component. So, um, I, I, you know, honestly, and I pray this would never happen to me, uh, I would see it have something in personal experience. It would be something so devastating to my personal faith to make it make it rock. But I, I'm confident in my community of faith to encourage me and everything else that I wouldn't see that changing. I think eventually I'd come, I, I would always find my way back. But, you know, doubt enters into my mind all the time. You know, I, I deal with some rough characters even inside the church which makes you wonder oh my gosh you know what's this all about you know no we all are perfect no one's perfect and and uh you know in human experience we experience loss and depression and sadness and ups and downs um and uh so you know there's definitely moments that that doubt and try try your faith so uh you know so i can't define i can't say anything definitively that would do that and i don't i think because of that faith component i don't think that's uh, fair. Yeah, that makes sense though, because like if you're getting into rash reason and rationale, then that's a bad road to go down. 
because the whole thing is about faith. So that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Well, that leads perfectly to uh, another thing I have I wanted to bring up. Uh, the only evidence I have to offer is best said by Benjamin Franklin when he said, quote, beer is proof God loves us and wants us to be happy, end right. quote. And I think I know the answer to both of you, but what is more important to you, faith or evidence? Oh, I thought you were saying beer. Yeah, I thought you were going to say beer. <laughs> That's an easy answer for me. I'm, I'm a teetotaler just because I think beer tastes bad. I'm glad you like it, though, man. Hey, to me, I, tell, I think beer tastes like bread put in a blender with water. And I just don't. You know, give me a Coca Cola or a Red Bull, man. I'm, Whoa, I'm good. Coca Cola. Yeah. Have you lost your way, sir? <laughs> Dr. Pepper through and through. Yeah, it worked. me, baby. Yeah, for sure. sure. I, I'm sure. too close to Atlanta. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, so Steve, I mean, I imagine yeah, no, no, I don't want to put words yeah, in your mouth, yeah. but faith or evidence, I, you know, if you, if obviously both are necessary, I'm yeah, not going to need one, but for me, it's faith. Um, fair enough. About uh, you know, obviously fair enough. Yeah, I think I've heard that enough. Uh, I just heard beer. <laughs> what was the question again? It doesn't pair well with wine, Vance. I'm just telling you. <laughs> well, yeah, Vance. I mean, in, in your opinion, in, yeah. in, in your belief that you know, whatever, faith or evidence, what is more important to you? I, I don't. Um, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, and what? What do you mean? Like, uh, like in what context? Uh, you know what, you know, what's more, you know, when I'm on like a, a, a zip line in, in Mexico, um, at that point they're like even because I have faith that like 500,000 people have been on this and they haven't died. So I guess I'm not going to die. Uh, but the evidence shows that there's no, there's no like laws that is governing this, this <laughs> thing that, that I have some dudes put this up. They don't know what's going on, man. So, you know, they're probably high you know, they're probably higher and drunker than I am at that time as a tourist. So, um, I, yeah, it depends on the situation, <laughs> I would wow. think. Yeah. It's like, okay. uh, but I, th I think obviously I tend towards more evidence, but I think it depends on the situation because it's not always that way. Cause you do have to, I think you, ha you have to in like outside of the religious context, in order to have faith in something, you you have to have some sort of like evidence to believe it. That's fair. Like it's not all just completely void of of like I have faith that my wife's not going to cheat on me. That's based on evidence, though. Yeah, we're not fideist here. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, you got to have evidence. Yeah, of some sort. Yeah, but I mean, who knows? Maybe she's maybe when I'm recording these podcasts, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Lauren, I love you, and I disagree with that last statement. So that brings me to the most important question of the day. Aliens. <laughs> I'm not saying do, aliens. Uh, damn it. Do damn you it. Think, that would have been the drop-in for the do you think segment. It's even, oh. Yeah, that would have been perfect. All right, we're going to write this out better next time. Is it even remotely possible in the slightest, most infinitesimally small chance is it possible that intelligent life exists that is not human and that is not on earth? Sure. It's impossible for it not to exist. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, there's, it depends on what intelligent life or what it looks like. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously this is not a theological statement by the church's imagination. I have nothing to form this other than just a, a gut instinct, but sure. There's gotta be something out there in some way or another. Interesting. But I still think I, God's over it. 
Wait, do you not? Naturally, but I didn't, Steve, Vance, both of y'all are not answering the way I have prepared responses (laughs) for. (laughs) I didn't, Steve, I swear I did not expect that. Well, I think that the the supernatural is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, the supernatural in the sense of of aliens and, and, you know, I'll tell you, you know, where the, my, my best spiritual conversations have come out of the last, you know, seven, eight years, ghost stories. People's experiences really? with ghosts or yeah. or some sort of unexplainable phenomenon is always, for me as a pastor and just as a friend, it leads into some of the deepest conversations because I think we all have a natural curiosity for the supernatural, the spiritual, what we don't get. And we'd be crazy not to ask these questions or just to, to dismiss them. So. Yeah, heck yeah, I'm for talking about anything. And sure, why not? Yeah. Well, that's funny that you bring up ghosts because ghosts, so like for ghosts, that's when I, when I go down that path, that's the closest that I get to any sort of like spirituality in the sense of when I start thinking about it, I'm like, wait, the universe is is infinite. We're, we're pretty sure there's multiple universes. So the power that's harnessed in those things is infinite. So why could the universe not then make crazy stuff happen? Um, Very well could. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's logically that makes that's like, you got to apply Occam's razor to that. And I don't think that, that there's, um, I don't think I've seen any ghosts. However, Steve did, weren't you the one that spent the night at the field house? <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, me, me and Jonathan Spencer. Steve Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were the jerks that came and rattled the windows, didn't you? Wow, true it's story. all going first. True story. Yeah, I remember Let's that, man. Yeah. So we were the ghosts. Yeah, you're the ghosts that night. So. Okay, but what about the handprints on the mirror in the weight room? Yeah, I remember was... the day those showed up. You mean or, or, the figure, or the figure that showed up in the window, remember, while we were all gone to practice and all the doors Bro, were locked? Remember that? I had forgotten yeah. about that, genuinely. And the handprint was tiny. It was a kid's handprint. So like I, I don't know like so now this this just thinks makes me think of um, eyewitness testimony and how and I was te- I was well, they're all flawed right yeah. it's inherently yeah. flawed yeah right okay. yeah so like yeah, have you all seen the Key and peel sketch where oh, the, yeah. the reporter is like all right just there's a reporter that rolls up into a neighbor he goes all right just just film me trust me and he walks up and he goes you guys seen unicorns I'll interview if you have and then everybody's like yeah I saw a unicorn you see a unicorn yeah Steve hey Joe I saw you and it's you know that's the idea of groupthink is that we all just want to get you know, but what I do what I do think is fascinating I ghost is one thing but what is fascinating to me across the the human experience and human spectrum is that these certain things crop up even in vacuums from one another or at least at least they've been removed each other for thousands of years because religion, you know, a, a lot of religions still come to basic conclusions, right? Or, or cultural traditions, you know, there's a Yeti, there's a Bigfoot and, and every, and every culture has these weird so things, many societies. a sea monster, or, you know, or ghosts or spirits or, or, uh, or demons, whatever they might be. So these things are exist universally across human experience. And to me, that's fascinating. Uh, because there's, to me, that's the basic, and, and man, let me ask you this. I mean, you talk about spirituality. I mean, a very pointed question. Are humans at their essence spiritual? Oh, um, are humans at their essence spiritual? Humans at their essence are, uh, humans at their essence are communal, so they share shared beliefs. So in a sense, yes, in that we have all these shared beliefs. Um, I think AM football is a good example. Um, 
I am very, 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 I would say very, very, very motivated. And um, I think my life is very impacted and my decisions in my life are very impacted by AM football. And I think it's like, it reaches a point where it is like a, I don't know. It's like you, it's kind of the same thing where you're all collectively rooting or thinking of the same thing or like in this group effort. So I think in that sense, yeah. Um, and, 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 and of course they are actually, wait, yes, of course, because we wouldn't, yes, humans are inherently spiritual. However, spirituality is a tool to explain things that we don't understand mostly. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like you wouldn't have the history that we have with all the different cultures and different gods and different spiritual things that we have if they weren't. So uh, yeah, absolutely. That's good. I, I so. appreciate you answering that. I was, yeah, that's good. What do you think, Joe? Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. and as much as I've been to concerts, I've been to uh, specifically college football games and I've been to church services where everyone feels the same thing without having to say to each other, are you feeling this? You just know they are because you're feeling it. You know, they're feeling it everywhere. Like there's certain notes in a concert when your team scores a touchdown, when the pastor is on a real good role, you just feel it. Or specifically, and this is just like no offense to Northern churches. I've never been to a church, a church in the North uh, besides a couple here in South Dakota and their choirs just aren't Southern choirs. Southern church choirs evoke a feeling in me that is almost irreplicable dude any other sect of society i've been thinking about going to church just so i can sing in the choir bro I'm, i missed that about hey Southern- first baptist alexandria is nearby and my good friends go to church there if you want to go you can go and those such come sing anytime because that's the thing the church does music is an important part of human experience right yeah yeah i mean and i think if anything undergirds our desire for spirituality it's this gift of music that we have mm. Um, and it's something, you know, uh, it is sacred, you know, in all forms and, and it informs who we are and it's identity building. So sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to hijack, but that's no, a you're good. No, no, because yeah, right, music George highlights Carlin that. Said, yeah. George Carlin even said, uh, I forget what special it was, but George Carlin said that the best thing religion ever did was provide music to the masses. And he's dead on. I mean, that was back in the day, long before, you know, long before you had Pandora or Spotify or even CDs or cassette tapes, you couldn't hear music. You couldn't, you know, unless you had money to hire a band, if you were a king or a prince, there was no other music in your life, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Saturday. There was no, so you went to church on Sundays or whenever, you know, Saturdays, if it was the Sabbath or whatever, you believe, it doesn't matter. That was the only collective communal music you were going to hear was at your service. And that, I mean, if I mean, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree it's the best thing the church ever did, but it's certainly one of. It's certainly that I, I have I will never forget growing up in the church and feeling that feeling. There's a there's a connectivity to the spiritual nature of human existence in those moments. Now I'm gonna put in a little plug here because I like the band Fish. I feel it at those concerts too. Oh yeah. Very different uh uh we'll say patronage. <laughs> At those concerts <laughs> yeah, than at church, true, but I do get the exact oh, yeah. same feeling. My soul is I've being that, fed. Yeah. There's a spiritual connection, or what you know, call it what you want. I'm not here to tell anybody what to call. And then, and yeah, that is real. At least to me, that is real. Yeah, and then you're li- you're like listening to fish, like 
on Spotify on your i your your headphones, and you're like, "All right, this is very good." And then you you get to a fish concert, and you're like, "This is the best thing I've ever heard of." Even life. just they are doing now on Tuesdays on their YouTube channel, they're playing uh, one of their old concerts. They just pick like a good one, what? and then they play it on YouTube. And they're, you know, the YouTube comments are just flying with people just freaking out, just typing, I love a song or whatever, whatever. And you know, across the world or across the country, at least probably world, there's thousands, if not tens of thousands of people listening to this at the same time. And something about that community, even though we are extended and even though we all are quarantined because no one's going to a concert anytime soon, yeah. even though we are all separate physically, we are still connected in a way that I cannot explain. So I have to attribute that to spirituality. I have to attribute that to something that is bigger than my five nine frame that's getting fatter every day in quarantine because i can't go to the gym but (laughs) something that is not just me i have to admit that whether or not i'm right or wrong i don't know i'm not gonna tell you what to believe i just feel it and i can't deny it well i think that's that's the interesting aspect here is you know i think what we've identified is spirituality is community oriented right yeah so there's a deep desire in the human experience for uh, a social contract and to community with each other which is fascinating considering uh, our Western culture and uh, the the desire for independence, right? And for thinking for yourself and everything else. And I think that's really what has led out of modernity into post-modernity is this sense of, okay, modernity sought to answer all the questions and for me to be my own person and to, to you know figure this out for myself, yet there was a dead end. And that's where I think post-modernity actually leads us back into a deeper search for spirituality and for faith steps that are necessary for the human experience and for the journey uh, that we all have to undertake in order to understand our essence and, and ultimately our purpose. You know, I, so um, a lot of, so I have to, I had, not a lot of people know this, but I had like a, not the best childhood growing up. Um, and so I have to go to, a, a, I see a trauma therapist and there's a lot. So like one of the, um, like, I think five core emotions is peace. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting is like, there are that, that feeling of peace, like absolute peace is a very spiritual feeling. Um, mm. And, and I think that's interesting in that we were like, when you find that, or when you find like the connection with peace or joy, all those core things that we have, peace, joy, anger, love, those things that we like experience with the, with each other. Um, I don't see how you can say that people, that human beings aren't spiritual in that sense. Now, do I think it's like, has anything to do with religion or a God or anything like that? No, but that's, yeah, it's, it's but really you've experienced that. Call everyone has, want, yeah. everyone has experienced yeah. peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like a psychopath, I guess. <laughs> Chris Neo. Chris Neo. <laughs> So, Steve, uh, Chris, Chris Neo is this YouTube guy that that Joe on our first podcast, he had this YouTube video of him. And I credited he, him. I, he I credited him for the, the information. The only person he credited uh, out of anyone that we In ever – two-hour podcast, <laughs> I credited one dude. Was this thanks, YouTube? Man. Yeah, so I, I just made fun of him the whole time. So. Okay, I'm glad you clarified because I thought you were talking about Neo from The Matrix the whole time. And I was like, this is a weird rabbit trail. He has turned this here, guy. But, yeah, Chris cool. Neo – Chris Neo is a dude that plays Nintendo games on YouTube and he has like 500,000 views on like a couple of his videos. And I thought that was a big deal. Uh, but Vance has a turned him into the matrix Neo, but also B just clarified that Justin Bieber has 7 billion views. So apparently 500,000 is nothing. 
Well, he's also a conspiracy theorist, and he's also like a bad guy throughout history too. Yeah, this, this, I say, this whole gaming subculture thing. Like, I, I don't, I, I never have time to game. Like, I never do it. You know, I don't either. So, I, I, it just amazes me how much influence these dudes have. Like, it's huge. It's crazy. It's the new, and now that sports are done for at least temporarily, if not, yeah. who knows, whatever. Like, it's all that's going. Like, they're they're. I, I sports gamble. Sorry, Trey. I, okay. I bet on. Did you bet on Counter Strike? You can you can gamble on electronic video games on on these tournaments. It, it's it is wild what it is doing and taking over the culture of of youths now. That's crazy. Like, yeah, growing up to be a football player is no longer as desirable. Like I've got a twelve year old nephew. Uh, we went on vacation. We all went to their lake house, which is a cool little lake house. They got boats and you know, paddle boards, and we had a blast. But Saturday morning at ten o'clock, he stopped. Everything we were doing, he goes, all right, I got to go inside. I was like, what's what's going on, man? He goes, I have a, uh, I forget what game, Fortnite probably. So like, I have a Fortnite tournament. Me and Probably. all my buddies, oh, yeah, we're all right. playing Fortnite. I can't miss it. It's every Saturday. And I was like, oh. so later on, I started asking him, I was like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? He goes, I want to be a professional Fortnite player. That's crazy. That's something we never said as kids. I was going to say, if, when, if I could have been a GoldenEye professional player, man, I would have been, <laughs> dude, boss, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Steve, you did always real. like, you look like someone cheap. Have that. Did you like someone cheap in Goldeneye, or did you like no, dogs? No, or no, odd I, job? Listen, I was, I was always odd job. No, that was me. No, yeah. So you were always odd job. Oh right? uh, yeah, yeah. I'm job. terrible at the game. I needed we to outlaw odd job all the time. Yeah, as you right. should. But I was terrible, so I needed him. <laughs> uh, Joe, by the way, you need to buy a Switch and get Smash because um, it's the new Smash Brothers is really good. Is it pretty good, dude? Oh, I I can't wait to introduce my kid. We're playing Pokemon Stadium, and one of these days, I'm going to introduce my kids to Smash, and it's going to be great. Well, okay, so that clock uh, is perfect. Yeah, why is it set for fifteen? Well, yeah, it, it runs. A, it's an old clock, and so I have to rewind. I didn't rewind it, so it's it's fifteen minutes off. It, it's slow every day or so. So <laughs> it is not exactly like. So y'all just chill out. <laughs> oh, well, y'all! I reset uh, it every morning, but you know, obviously, it went bad by by the time I left work today. So y'all yeah, just chill okay. out. It's, it's getting late, and okay, so for real, um, I, I'm attempt to wrap this up, you guys. I, I seriously, I this has been awesome. I, I y'all have been yeah great. I, I, I pretty like I love you guys, and this this is has been probably the best podcast thing I've done yet. So, in, in summation, sort of, kind of, uh, Charles Darwin once said, "quote I love fools' experiments." I'm always making them, <laughs> end quote. So thank you for both being a part of this this fool's uh, experiment. Do either of you have any closing statements, anything you just want to kind of try and wrap this nonsense up with? Joe, I'm really glad you hated all my segments. We will continue <laughs> to do them throughout yep. the Please show. Please do. Please do. <laughs> all i had to say that's good uh, um let me just say first off vance thank you for your candor and i just appreciate uh, love you and appreciate you man and and uh, joe thanks for having me on here and i think the final thing i'd say is um you know we talked a lot about uh about spirituality and faith and journey and i know a lot of people who would be listening to this we went to high school with and uh, i know that many many of those uh have, have followed the same route vance you know you're not alone in that that, that they've questioned their faith for a variety of reasons and uh, or somewhere on that spectrum. And my encouragement for them would be is, you know, deconstructing faith, I think, is an important aspect of of, uh, of our lives, especially coming out of uh, what was a rather uh, ultra-conservative background with its benefits and its negatives, no doubt about it. And my encouragement would be, if you, if you, if you do think that human beings are at the very essence spiritual, don't stop exploring that. 
that there's so much left unanswered and that it does take a step of faith, but it's worth exploring. And uh, in my opinion, I think that you can find that when you truly dig into who the person of Jesus was, who was God incarnate, who, you know, the mystery is fulfilled in him and the ethic that he showed. And that is ultimately um, the way. And uh, I, I think that if you strip away the dogma and the legalism and some of the uh, hard-nosedness that uh, existed in, in some of the religious practice that we grew up with, that um, uh, you'll find something that's uh, more pure to your experience and answers the spiritual questions that many of you are seeking. So keep looking, keep searching, and, and I'm here, you know, uh, stephen.allen at tabernacle.org. You email me anytime, any questions, anything you want. Uh, you know, and if you still have my cell phone number from high school, it's still the same five one two. Is it, so, dude? I almost, oh man, I love it. I didn't yeah. even notice. This I, I'm just glad that maybe our country isn't doomed because we could all three have completely different views and still like have a cordial conversation. Um, that's that's actually Absolutely. that's actually uh, refreshing. We can disagree and not hate each other. Yeah, is, that was this is the best thing. So uh, to end here, I want to quote Arthur C. Clarke. He said, quote, two possibilities exist. Either we're alone in the universe or we are not. And both are equally terrifying. End quote. Y'all, I love you. Thank you for uh, for doing this. We'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Joe. See you guys.